scripture reading this morning will come from John chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. This can be found on page 939 in the Bible. John 1, 40 through 42. One of the two who heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah which is translated the cross. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You will be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Throughout the week, my voice had been getting progressively worse, and I called Philip yesterday and I said, I don't know, brother, if it's going to be here tomorrow, so you may have to preach the AM, but uh, God blessed me, and my voice is actually not only bearable, it's, it's pretty much close to normal, so nothing like sounding like yourself sometimes. All right, we will get to John chapter 1. But we've got a long way to go. And I want you just to make me promise, okay? You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to sign a contract. But it is Involvement Sunday. And that's the day where our church, kind of in addition to our worship as a family of God here at Mount Juliet, we take the time to remind each other and to learn about all the different service opportunities, how the church at Mount Juliet organizes its ministries. Very helpful things to know so that we can get involved and we can do more kingdom work for God's glory. So I'm going to give you quite a bit of announcements uh, on the front end here, but I just want you to go ahead and make a commitment to say, I will do at least one of these things today. I, I think there's a little bit for everybody. All right, first up, I don't want this to go without saying, Elias and Christy Roquet and their sons Eli and Noah, uh, this is their, their last Sunday, I believe, with us. And they're going to be moving to Memphis, and we want to have a farewell dinner with them. And that will be going on tonight. So that will be at 7 o'clock tonight. And if you want to bring something, that would be great. You can bring chili, hot dogs, cooked hot dogs, uh, buns, sandwiches, chips, or desserts, or drinks. So pretty much just go to the store and get something and show up. All right, uh, Phil Wagner always said half a life is showing up. So uh, let's show them that we care about them. Another thing is in your classes this morning, there will be uh, envelopes where we'll be taking up some money to show our love and support for them as they move to Memphis. So if you don't have a gift ready, uh, maybe that gives you enough of a heads up to go run to the ATM or something like that. But uh, we want to show them that we love them and that we are excited uh, for them as they go to work for the kingdom of God in Memphis. Still the same kingdom. All right. Uh, I want to announce to you about the SOS forms. They are the giant, very attractive, well-designed blue forms that have 2013 written on the front of them. There are some at Info Central uh, right out here in the foyer, and they will also be in your classes. Now, we had about... Well, how many people do we have here? Will we have here today? About 1,000. So we'll have about 800, 850 adults 
maybe more walk through the doors this Sunday. Last year, only about 400 of you filled out one of these. So uh, we need you to fill out those SOS forms if you're a member. Helps us know how you want to serve God. And you can always do the necessary things, but it's also good for you to do what you want to do, what you're passionate about. And that really helps us as a staff make you aware of opportunities. So if you haven't filled one of those out, please take the time to fill one out. They're even shorter this year. Uh, and, and if you've already filled one out, good, don't worry about it. You're free. I'm not going to make you fill another one out. Uh, going with that is the Green SOS Ministry Catalog. This is for you to keep. You do not turn this in. Uh, you can take a copy there at Information Central in the foyer as well. And that is something that you can keep that will actually be worth something in the junk drawer at your house. And you can get a picture of each handsome deacon and elder that we have. And uh, maybe my picture's in there as well, I think. But uh, that will help you know who does what and what each ministry does specifically. If that's not enough and you don't want to commit to those things, we're going to keep going here. I have a sheet that is in the paper color known as Liftoff Yellow. Uh, you will not miss this sheet. So it will be in your Bible class as well. And on it is a list of all the deacon-led ministries that we have and a specific quick involvement opportunity for that. So if you're looking to get into a ministry and you don't really know how to approach that, uh, what to talk to the deacon about, uh, what you'd even be interested in, you can get this liftoff yellow sheet and you can look on here and say, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to pick from here. But if you're looking to get started, this sheet will help you get it started in something you may have not done before. Uh, also, you may notice some booths outside. We've got not the full ministry fair this year, but we are highlighting just some of the ministries uh, since it is Involvement Sunday. And we want to make you aware of a few things. First of all, we don't have a booth for them, but the Transitions Ministry is led by Shannon Buckner. And he helps people find jobs. He runs his ministry primarily off of information. And when he doesn't have information, that really really hinders what he can do for people and you guys have all the information so he needs to know who's looking for a job if you're looking for one so he can help you if you need a resume or help with that he can help you with that if you are looking for uh, if you know of a job at your workplace or someone sent you an email looking for qualified people Shannon could know that and use that and uh, one of the ways that we've chosen to do that is there's a card at Information Central in the foyer. Just go by there. I mean, it's going to improve your life. Uh, you can fill out one of these cards. There's one side if you're looking for a job. There's another side if you know of a job. And it's just a quick description, but it gives Shannon Buckner that information that's so vital for him to be able to give those opportunities to other people and run that ministry. Uh, we also have the women's ministry highlighted. We have Recovery Through Christ highlighted outside in the booth as well. Stateside will be coming up in uh, July this year. So if you haven't planned your summer and you want to know more about that, you don't have to go for a whole week if you can't make that. There's a weekend trip. Uh, we have the Benevolence Ministry and the Outreach Ministry. All those groups have a table specifically for them located in the foyer. So if you're not going to do anything else, uh, this Sunday, or you've already done the other things, just at least make the commitment to stop by there and say, I'm going to check one of those out. Uh, I think you can still sign up for a lot of the women's ministry activities, ladies, as well. 
All right, this is pretty important. We have this thing called Family Tree, and it's basically an online directory, and, well, what's the best part about a directory? It's having pictures of everybody when you need to have a picture of them. Uh, if you're like me, you've gone up to two or three people on a typical Sunday, introduced yourself, and they look like a new couple, and they've been going here for 25 years or something like that. Uh, it's great to have people's pictures. So when you're talking about somebody that's in the hospital or somebody that's in a ministry that you're also in or looking at who you're going to be on an outreach team with, you got their photo right there. Jason Tucker, who led our prayer right before I came up here, is, is going to be in the new fellowship hall. It's the auditorium that uh, the Mount Juliet Church used to worship in, and we use it for our meals. It is uh, located this way outside of this auditorium. And he's going to be there from 10:15 when Bible class lets out, all the way till noon, taking pictures of those of you who do not have a picture in our church directory or online. Uh, it's going to be free. He's not going to call you and beg you to order some of his prints uh, or anything like that. Just go by there and get a picture. And and just to give you a little stat, we have 250 people out of. 1,000 or 1,100 or so that do not have a picture. So uh, you know who you are. I'm not going to read the list of names off or anything. But if that's you, it's so easy. Just go by there, uh, fix your hair real quick, you know, do what you need to do, uh, get the buffer out, you know. All right. If you're looking for... It's almost time to do the invitation, right? If you're looking for an immediate involvement opportunity... I am the involvement minister, not the preaching minister. There is an immediate involvement opportunity for collecting El Salvador supplies. Uh, Chandra Reed and a few others are heading this up, and they have it going in their Bible class. But we're also calling on you to help. And if you have anything uh, like small toiletry items, uh, anything like shampoo, conditioner, lotion, soap, or other items, uh, Chandra writes, these little things uh, that we think nothing of means so much to those people that we will be preaching the word of God to. And they're going to, try to com they're going to try to compile medical kits and personal hygiene kits, and they're going to try to hand out about 250 of those per day. They see a ton of patients when they go down there in the clinic, and the trip is in March. So uh, if you go by Target or Walmart or wherever you shop, there's usually that small travel size, you know, uh, toiletries bin, uh, where you can just go by and pick up stuff, or if you've got some hotel soap or lotion or something like that, uh, they will be able to collect those, and I will have a gray, large Rubbermaid box uh, in the foyer tonight for that. So maybe pencil yourself in a note for that. Okay, I think that's all my announcements. <laughs> all right. David's... David's uh, Proverbs sermon on 40 reasons why people don't like you did so well. Uh, all of you were just so interested in why people didn't like you very much and learning about the biblical reasons for that. And so I thought, you know, I think we're going to ride that wave a little bit more. So I thought, surely if there's something in Proverbs for, for David, maybe there's something for me in the involvement ministry and something I can give you today. So we're going to be exploring some of those passages out of Proverbs today, and I want to end in John chapter 1. But uh, we're going to be talking about little things and how little things are fundamental 
And they're so seemingly unimportant, but in the grand scheme of things, they are so important. And it's definitely that case in the kingdom of God. So I want to look at, not 40, uh, I didn't want to push it and stretch it to make 40. I thought I'd give you more dignity than that. But uh, we have 20 plus reasons why you should get involved in the work that's going on here at Mount Juliet. 20 plus reasons, and they're all biblical, they're all found in Proverbs. Let's get started. Number one, you will be blessed more than those you bless in your work here. If you look at Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24, I've also got it on the screen here. (coughs) It reads, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. And then the verse right after that, Proverbs 11 and verse 25, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. Many of you who have gone on a mission trip, uh, who have worked in the benevolence ministry, who have done something for somebody else at one point in your walk with Christ, you can attest to this. When you do something like that, it blesses you more than you ever bless other people. I always say when, when we go to Latin America or Honduras or El Salvador, somewhere in there, I always feel like we are more blessed than all the things we give them and bless them in. And I think that that's the way God designed it to be. Reason number one, you'll be blessed more than those you bless. Reason number two, you will save souls by your example. And souls are something that have eternal worth. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30, most of these are generally in order, says the fruit of, a righteous, of the righteous is a tree of life. And whoever captures souls is wise. I think New King James there says, He who wins souls is wise. We are Christians about God's business. And that business is the business of capturing or winning the souls of other people. Not by our own grit or might or strength, but going into the world and showing them God's love through a righteous life. And how do we do that? Well, you can do that without getting involved in Mount Juliet specifically per se, but you can also do that like you've never done it before by getting involved at Mount Juliet Church of Christ here in a lot of the ministries that we have. Reason number three, you will be doing things that matter. All right, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. How many of you love to get up every day and just chase things down that are worthless? How many of you would like to get up and just go to, go to Kroger and just buy all the tabloids you could and, and just make a clipping list of everything that's so true in those publications? We don't like to do that. We don't like to pursue things that are worthless. We want to do things that matter and that have meaning. And when you invest in God's kingdom work, especially through the local church, the congregation that we're sitting in right now, you will be doing things that matter. If working for earthly food and resources is important, like this proverb says, how much more is it worth to go out every day and to do things that work for the heavenly good, for the kingdom good? You'll be doing things that matter. Number four, 
Proverbs 13.20 reads, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Number four, why should I get involved? Well, we should get involved because we will become wise. Uh, If you serve alongside godly people, wise people, you will become godly. You will become wise. I guarantee you if you grabbed any elder or deacon, and I know this from our leadership retreat uh, a couple weeks ago, and you ask them, "How how did you learn how to do ministry? They wouldn't tell you, well, I used to just read the Bible in isolation on my own for hours and days at a time. They wouldn't tell you, well, I went up on a mountaintop and received some kind of special revelation from God uh, that I discovered something new about myself. I I hope that they wouldn't uh, do that, and I don't think they would. What would they tell you? They would say, I learned to do ministry because somebody a long time ago did this, and I saw them do it. And I I do that in my ministry now. Uh, A long time ago, I saw this married couple take on this ministry, and, and I participated in that. And that's how I do my ministry now. Uh, I used to hear this person preach or teach a Bible class or used to sit down and study with this particular person and they taught me how to read and interpret the scriptures. We don't find out how to do ministry by ourselves. We figure out how to become wise by being around wise people. So number four, you will become wise. Number five is along the same vein. You will improve yourself, or you will improve yourself and improve others in the process. Very famous proverb, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. You know, we're we're human beings, and the more isolated we are, (laughs) the weirder we become. Uh, We need each other. And in God's kingdom, how much more do we need our brothers and sisters in Christ? You will improve your own self and you will improve others in the process by being involved. Number six, you will not have time to envy other people and therefore you'll have life. I'm stretching it on this one. All right, Proverbs 14 and verse 30. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. You know, when we commit the sins of, of laziness and envy and jealousy and quarreling and stirring up trouble, usually that's because we're sitting around and we don't have anything else to do and we really need something to do. By getting involved in church, you will be not only around wise, godly people, becoming wise yourself, you will not only be sharpened and be a sharpener of other people, you will have life because you won't have time to sit around and envy other people number seven i thought this is a very interesting proverb Uh, proverbs 13 and verse 21 such a strong word here disaster pursues sinners but the righteous are rewarded with good have you ever seen any movie where somebody's been pursued by something? When I, when I hear that word, the first movie I think of is Jurassic Park, where they're running from this Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he's looking in his rearview mirror, and in the bottom it has that type, you know, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. It's got this big Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing after him. Disaster pursues people who make a practice of sinning. 
but the righteous are rewarded with good. When you're righteous, you may encounter sin, and sin may happen upon you, but sin is less likely to flat out pursue you. If you're involved in God's kingdom, you're where you need to be, doing what you need to be doing, with who you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it, sin is going to find it a lot harder to try to, to try to get a hold of you, to chase you. All right, that's number seven. Number eight, your little acts of service will reap big eternal results. This is probably the poster verse for the SOS or for any reason to get involved, I think. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21. And this is in the same vein of pursuing. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find righteousness, uh, life, righteousness, and honor. If we go pursuing, if we go seeking, and that's an active kind of a thing, we can't just live our life in today's society and expect righteousness and kindness to just come upon us. Go to Walmart and just see if righteousness and kindness in the checkout line during the holiday season just happens upon you. All right? Go to any store. Go to the store online. I'm, I'm not just, I'm not dogging Walmart. It's not about them it's about people and society and what we've become and what we are becoming go anywhere that says they have the best customer service go anywhere consistently over time and just see if righteousness and kindness and life and goodness just happen upon you friends the place that we find that consistently is church and we have to pursue to be here we have to make it a point to be in God's kingdom we have to show up and we have to seek it, and we will find it. If you pursue kindness, you'll find honor and so forth. It's number eight. Number nine, it won't be neat, it won't be easy, but you will have abundant spiritual gain by getting involved in the Lord's work here at Mount Juliet. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse four. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. But abundant crops come by the strength of an ox. You know, I, I guess this is true for parents as well. If you, if you don't have any kids, the house is quiet. And things are neater. And things may seem a little less chaotic. But then you don't have the joy of having children. It's the same way in church ministries and farming and, and a lot of other things. Yes, it's, it's messy to get involved. It's messy to have your, your calendar littered with church appointments. It's, it's messy to ask how people are doing if they happen to tell you how they're doing and be honest about it at the moment. And if you don't do those things, yeah, you, you won't have a lot of uh, certain kinds of stress. You, you may sleep a little bit better on some nights. But where's the spiritual gain? Where's the spiritual abundance? When we, when we get into the messy business of ourselves and ministering to others, we have those spiritual gains. And that's kind of how they have to come. All right, number 10. You will become a doer. If you think about James chapter 1, verses 22 and following, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Well, here's one in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 23. In all toil... There's profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. If you get involved at Mount Juliet, I promise you, you will become a doer of God's word, and that is better than a talker of God's word. Talk is cheap, 
And the kingdom needs those who show love, not by talking, but by doing. Also, going along that same reason, number 10, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Doing things that are a little unpleasant, those things are better than just talking about things that are a little bit more pleasant. In God's kingdom, he needs people that do. Number 11, this is very patriotic. You will help your country. Do you pray for our nation? Do you ever have that sinking feeling in your stomach when you watch the 10 o'clock news to see what's going on? Not only in Nashville, but on a national world level. We improve our world a little by little when we serve and get involved in our church. Righteousness, Proverbs 14 and verse 34, exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness will exalt America. If we do godly things in America, we may not change the course of our nation as an individual, but we will exalt our nation. Do you believe that? And it's in the word of God. Number 12, serving will increase your self-discipline and it will make you mighty and greater than some military generals. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit better than he who takes a city. What good is it to take a whole city if we cannot control ourselves? And we learn that how? Through humble service. We bear the fruit of self-discipline if we do godly things. Number 13. You will learn wise contentment instead of always looking for something to make you happy, something else in life. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24. The discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. The world is expected to go look for the next big thing and to always be doing that and always be dissatisfied and always pursue something else once the next big thing is already here. Will we be the same also? Or will we set our face toward wisdom and service in the church? Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all day. Number 14, you will be happy with God no matter what other people do. We will, not be, we will not have time serving in God's kingdom to look around and say, it's unfair that the wicked are getting paid such and such or that they experience this pleasure in life and we don't. Why can't we just be sinners and get the same blessings? We won't have time for that. Number 15, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him to, who destroys. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 9. We will not be a brother to him who destroys. We'll be people that edify and build up. The next one is just for fun, and I thought I would, I would let this out there for parents. Uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 17. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes in and examines him. <laughs> Think about Bill Cosby's routine where he says, real parents have two kids. If you're, one, if you're a parent of one kid, you don't have the problem that you did with two because, well, when you got two, you have to go interrogate. Did you do it? I didn't do it. And you look at the other one. But I don't know. There's so many good things in Proverbs. There's another one here. And this may save somebody's life today. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 18. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. I just saved one of your lives today because your dad was probably planning on putting you to death for all the evil you've done. But 
I just had to slip that in there. Okay, number 16. You will discover what you're made of, and that's better than believing some lie about yourself. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 3. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts. Do we want to just make up stuff about ourselves? Do we want to just talk about our belief in God? Or do we want to serve and find out what we're made of? Number 17, you will offer to God something that is better in His eyes than sacrifice. Proverbs 21 and verse 3, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Doing small acts of righteousness and justice is better to the Lord than taking a whole day to cut up some animal, a very expensive animal that you paid a lot of money for, and sacrificing to the Lord. Number 18, you will avoid more often the sin of pride. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4, right after the one above, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked, are sin. The lamp of the wicked are those two things. They go about the world and they shine it and they don't care. And everybody sees it. Haughty eyes never look down. They miss the work. Proud heart is not a broken heart, but it is soon to be a broken heart. What kind of heart and eyes do you have? Number 19, getting involved in... <laughs> this one's great. Proverbs 21.9, it's better to live in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Well, husbands, wives will not need to get on to you and be quarrelsome with you. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So get involved at Mount Juliet Church of Christ and your wife won't have to quarrel with you all the time about how you sit on the couch and don't do anything and so forth and so forth. All right, number 19, you will not live with a quarrelsome woman. <laughs> There's a lot of verses about quarrelsome women in Proverbs. All right, number 20. We will hear the cry of the poor. And so God will hear our cries. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoever closes his heart to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. We cannot be the church that forgets to feed the poor, that forgets to give them what they need. That once a year we do something great, and even then that doesn't match the needs that are actually real in society. Uh, in our benevolence ministry, I think we spent at one time, this is a particular year, we spent $40,000 plus helping families just with food. These families need toiletry items and food, and not just what we have left over. They need us to give, and we need to recognize and number ourselves with the poor of this community. And we can do that through our service in the SOS program at Mount Juliet Church of Christ here. Number 21. We will be given strength from the Lord to give and give rather than always crave and crave. Proverbs 21, 25, and 26. The desire of the sluggard kills him for his hands refuse to labor. All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. If we give to God, God will give us the strength to keep on giving. He will give us an abundance. All right. We're kind of out of time, but I said 20 plus, so I think we're good. Uh, I want to close by going to John chapter 1 and reading. Well, we, we had that read for us this morning. It's the conversation where Andrew comes to Peter, his brother. And his name is Simon at that time. And Andrew has been following Jesus with another disciple and this thing has just gotten started, and he only knew of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist tells him to go follow Jesus. He says, Behold the Lamb of God. And they go follow Jesus, 
And then one of the disciples, it says, who was Andrew, goes and finds his brother first, Peter, or Simon, and says to him, we have found the Messiah. And he brings Simon to Jesus, and Jesus names him Peter. And Peter goes on to become a major, major figure in the Lord's church. When we talk about small things becoming big things, what would happen? What, what would it be like if Andrew and Peter never had that conversation? What would it be like if Andrew never went to, to Peter, his brother, and, and said, we found the Messiah, come with me, get involved? Well, we wouldn't hear about people walking on water. I don't think any of the other disciples would have taken him up on that in Matthew 14. We wouldn't have the beautiful sermon that we have in Acts chapter 2, the first sermon preached. We wouldn't have the first Gentile converts. Who would have baptized Cornelius? Somebody else would have done it, and it wouldn't have been near as interesting. Uh, who would have written First and Second Peter rich in a theology of doing good even when it hurts. Do we not need to hear that message in today's society? Who will do those things? It all started because Andrew went to his brother Simon and told him about Jesus. I hope this survey of Proverbs and all the opportunities that we have and just the focuses that we have, the ministries we have out front, encourage you to realize that the small things are huge. People don't get involved because they read some awesome website and that takes them all the way to being a Christian. People get involved and become believers in Christ and learn work ethic and honesty and integrity and, and wisdom and love through other Christians and it starts in small ways. That's my point this morning. And I hope that this Sunday we will, we will take that to heart and realize that the little things are the big things. And what little things can you do today to minister to other people? What little things can you do today that will put your soul back on track to eternity if it's not on there? What, what little thing can you do? Satan, if we sing an invitation song and you need to come forward and respond to the gospel or request prayer, Satan will try to convince you that it's not that big a deal, that you'll just come forward and things will be the same after that. But God's word convinces us that the little things are big things and that that one sidestep out into the aisle could be one of the biggest things you ever do in your life. Do you need to be baptized for the remission of sins? In the grand scheme of life and death and eternity, being baptized is such a short event it's such a small thing, but it is everything. Do you have somebody you need to pray about, share the gospel with, something you need to take care of in your life? It may seem like a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but it is everything in the kingdom of God. If there's any way that we can...